Here's the 50,000-foot view from Monica Matthews. The 50,000-foot view today would tell you, well, the 50,000-foot view voice would look down on this entire impeachment proceeding and basically say, huh? What the hell? Oh, you can find a lot of that on my Twitter feed at Monica on Air Talk. I've, you know, this morning I'm like, okay, so which is it? How is it that we're using trial verbiage in something that's not actually a trial, right? Although we use the term trial because it is now a Senate trial. It's a trial being held in the United States Senate, right? But it, but it didn't start that way in the House because that's not where it starts. And just yesterday, who was I listening to? Mr. Philbin? Yeah, this this was priceless. He had like some astounding points, part of the president's defense team. Impeachment under the Constitution is the thermonuclear weapon of interbranch friction. And where there is something like a rifle or a bazooka at the House's disposal <laughs> to address some friction with the executive branch, that is the next step. It is incrementalism in the Constitution. Right. It, and important, he ended that with, hey, this is actually how it was designed to be. So you don't have to be afraid of the interbranch friction. I love that. So he kind of brought it down a couple of notches for everyone to say, hey, 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 this isn't anything to be afraid of. This is exactly what the founders knew were going to happen and they wanted to happen so that there wasn't exact power, right? Another one of his uh, quotes, which I loved, sole power does not equal paramount power. And the House is behaving as if they have paramount power in the process of having sole power to bring about impeachment charges, which they've done. Then the question becomes, okay, these, quote, charges, you have not been able to connect the dots for the American people, much less to convince 67 senators to remove him from office. That case, that case, see, there's that term again. And for me, I don't know about you, but for me, in my in my little head, it's like, hold on, we have a case, but it's not a trial in the House. It's a political event, okay? But now it's a trial in the Senate, and and it's and we're all arguing as if the president really is on trial because he is, but it's not really a trial. If he's just being your everyday average taxpayer, just like you, I'm like, hmm. Very easy to get caught up in all of the verbiage, vernacular, hyperbole, and uh, and lose my mind over it. And Philbin went on to say... Madam Nadler was explaining that due process requires, at a minimum, notice of the charges against you, the right to be represented by counsel, the right to cross-examine witnesses against you, and the right to present evidence. All of those rights were denied to the president. Again, due process... Okay, apparently due process does not apply to the impeachment process unless you're a Democrat. (laughs) So, and I say that not snarkily, but factually, whenever it came to the President uh, Bill Clinton's impeachment trial, this is exactly what was tossed about from the Democrats. Like, you, where's due process? You, and what's astounding to me is that President Clinton admitted to lying under oath, which is why he was impeached. He was ultimately not removed. But then you have Senator uh, Susan Collins from Maine saying, you know, I think this whole new, uh, you know, book blah, blah, brouhaha, which is, is so trashy to me, so trashy to me, that, it, that a former advisor— on the, you know, would, would 
would see fit, whether it's his publisher or whomever it is, that, that they would make some form of connection between his book, between him outing the president and forgetting all about executive privileges and, and, and you know, and, and keeping things on the up and up and what you agree to. I mean, forget about non-disclosure agreements. I mean, really, who can you trust at this point? But but that you would throw that out there in the way of a tease for a book sale, which now he's actually way up on the New York Times bestseller. Book doesn't even come out till March. That's just gross, right? I think we can all agree on that. But Susan Collins saying, hey, well, this is a new development. I think we need to have witnesses. And I thought, well, why? I mean, is it going to end in the same result that your last one did, which was to, but of a president who's actually not guilty? Susan Collins found Bill Clinton not guilty in her vote. I cannot make sense of that from a from a two from a two foot view, much less a fifty thousand foot view. I mean, it's just no one can. And you think to yourself, how is this woman still in office? Term limits. That's how because we're lazy. We get used to what we know. We get where we don't want to have to do the homework to root out the truth behind someone. And if we had term limits, we honestly, it would do away with having to do as much of that. Because the longer someone stays in power, the more prone they are to the temptations that come along with power. That's just the way it is for every single one of us, not just politicians. I don't care who you are. It's absolute truism. It's not even a monicaism. It's just true. I've seen it my entire life. People who get a little bit of power. And if you want to know the true character, I know that's a real popular meme of a man or a woman. Look no further than their power base. How much power? What do they do with power? We've seen it over and over again. So it's just it's a it's a human nature flaw. Some people do well with power and, and it's in over an extended period of time because they humble themselves to understand the privilege that it is to wield power. And it is a privilege to be in a position of power. Um, this happened yesterday, too. You have the, <laughs> I mean, the truly astounding. Um, actually, it happened this weekend with Don Lemon, oh, CNN anchor Don Lemon, CNN contributor uh, Wajahat Ali, and ex-GOP strategist Rick Wilson. Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an, wow. a, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And ignorance so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience. That's us. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump wow. um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Don. Trump's a smart one. And Peeing on himself y'all, laughing. Y'all elitists are dumb. Y'all are elitists are dumb. You elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. Yeah, you're reading. <laughs> You know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte. All those lines on the map. <laughs> Here's my favorite Only one. them elitists know where Ukraine is. Only them elitists know where Ukraine is. Sorry, That's the I Indian apologize. dude. But by some kind of ethnic slur. But you know what? But, but it was Rick's fault. I blame Rick. But, you know, but, but in all honesty, but all, blame you know what Rick. NPR should Why do? Why not? Sorry, hold on. You, wait, wait. Can wait, I tell give you what? Me a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. It's as if. That was good. Sorry. They don't know Rick, the camera's rolling. That was rolling. a good one. I needed that. Okay, so listen. Okay, can, can I tell you what? That's, that's it. That's it. So it's as if the cameras aren't rolling, but they are. And they know they are. And if you are a Trump supporter, they're referring to you. And 
And what's really sad about that is that that is exactly how they see you. That is what they believe about you and your character and your ability to make a wise choice in the way of a president. And any choice that doesn't align with the elitist mentality of an absolute power base to usher in socialism, you just don't matter. You're one of those dum-dums who can't find a you and a crane with drawn on a, with a picture on a map. I love Megyn Kelly's response, which was, you know, if you think most of us, <laughs> media included, uh, are geographical specialists, <laughs> then you're wrong. <laughs> so the way she put it was uh, far more uh, snarky and, 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 and wise. Um, but she's not wrong. And that's an, an indictment on our education system, which ultimately could be laid at the feet of Democrats because they have dumbed down uh, our students to the point where nobody knows anything about our past, much less about our present, to inform our future. <laughs> so uh, these are just basic things, folks. But will anything come of this with Don Lemon? Mm, lightly not. Don't hold your breath. Now, me as a conservative talk show host... I have to really watch stuff like that because I will immediately be called to be canceled. It has happened at least three times since I've been on the air. And don't let me be a female. Speaking of females, okay, this happened. I mean, this is just the golden age of what the hells, right? I am like, that is my personal pronoun. <laughs> my preferred personal pronoun is the Royal Highness of what the hell. Check this out. The Justice Department decided not to investigate, and that is why it went to the House. So to say that Correct. in the Clinton investigation that these people were interviewed by the House, one, they weren't, and to say that it wasn't done by the Justice it wasn't done by the Justice Department because the Justice Department refused to carry out the okay. investigation. Get your facts straight. Okay, okay. let's okay. talk about let's some of the facts down, here, Chris. Man. The point is that all of the information that the grand jury and the Clinton investigation and all of the witnesses that the House wanted to call, that the Justice Department called in the Clinton case, were done before the articles were voted okay. on and put over. That is Chris Wallace schooling Katie Plavich on Fox and Friends. This is Chris Wallace literally losing his mind over Katie. Like they're actually talking about two different things. And he, I think, hears one thing and decides to attack her. And as professional as she is, she just sat there and simply reasserted her point, which really proved his point to be wrong. So I tweeted this morning as a female uh, commentator, I can tell you that this whole you know, it's not really surprising that she got schooled. And, and for me, his translation was sit down and shut up, little girl. And I was surprised it resonated with so many people because I'm not the glass ceiling chick. I never subscribed to glass ceilings, but it doesn't mean they're not real because they are, especially in media. Sorry, but they are. So you guys out in corporate world, I know you have your own battle as females and men. I get it. There's a lot of disparity in the world. I get it. But in media particularly, women's voices are still not quite as welcomed as the boys. It's just a fact. This isn't a hashtag female media me too movement. It's just a fact. And it's disconcerting. But to see a grown man, I'm telling you guys, this is like the Trump derangement syndrome. I have my own colleagues that struggle with it. Uh, there are Trump supporters who struggle with it on a reverse level where it's like, you know, they, they just 
pee themselves to have an opportunity. The minute they even remotely smell or sniff that you could be saying something that is against President Trump, even in parody, which is what I run into, because I love joking about stuff. And I'm quite the smart ass in case you haven't guessed. All right. I have people who would literally put my head on a stake because they've misinterpreted my humor. I mean, it's the world is not a friendly place right now. Speaking of not a friendly place, I sat through a um, Senate hearing yesterday here in the state of Georgia regarding gangs. The Washington Times has picked up our story because our Georgia Bureau of Investigations director was on point, as always, with regard to stats and facts that are very important, not only to the state of Georgia, but to the country at large. We sent uh, those uh, those questions out to 100, uh, all 159 sheriff's departments, of which 153 replied. 363 municipal police departments, of which 323 replied. The number one issue that law enforcement told us, the GBI in the state of Georgia in 2019 that they were facing was criminal street gangs. It wasn't limited to the metropolitan Atlanta area. It wasn't limited to suburban areas. It wasn't limited to rural areas. It was from North Georgia to South Georgia, from East Georgia to West Georgia. Yeah, so I stand corrected on something that I said on my 95.5 FM WSB radio broadcast on Sunday. I alluded to that gangs are, you know, some people like to pull the race card with gangs. And when you start reporting statistics and facts and uh, and most of like Crips and Bloods, OK, you're probably not going to find a white guy in that gang. I could be wrong, but I've never seen a white face uh, in a Crip or a Blood gang. It's just not going to happen. And in metropolitan Atlanta, in the city of Atlanta, that's where you will see a lot of the Crips and the Bloods and, and, and those dudes. OK, and they're predominantly black, if not all. Sorry. Well, that upsets people when you start quoting and citing gang statistics that happen to make up a demographic predominantly comprised of blacks. The Latinos actually get kind of a break from this, but it's the ACLU, it's the NAACP, it's people who feel like, you know, you're coming after our black kids. And so I wrongly stated and I, and I realized my mistake yesterday in listening to Director Reynolds, but I wrongly stated that, hey, if you want to find the ghost face, you know, uh, white ghost face gangbangers, go over to Cobb County or out in rural Georgia, which is where you will find them. But that's not true, because as they said yesterday, much more eloquently than I, um, that they do not know jurisdictional boundaries anymore. They actually work together. That's how obscene in how, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the perfect nefarious? That's how systemically nefarious this gang crisis is, that they would work together as a network, right? So it's kind of like, hey, man, we got chicks and we got, we're going to traffic the, the hoes. This is how they speak. And then, and y'all got the drugs, but y'all got weed and we're going to handle the crack. We're going to do the meth. You like, but they are a net, we're going to handle the, the, uh, the, um, what is it? Crap. The, the thing that uh, Chris Carr was talking about yesterday, we're going to handle uh, retail crime. Okay. That's astounding statistics around retail crime. Um, we in Georgia make up, we're, we are in the top 10 at number six for retail fraud due to criminal gang activity. Think about that. And in the city of Atlanta, you have 
kind of a stand down approach. Retailers will tell you this. They've told me this on and off the record. They know that if they call the police, no one's coming because they've been told that. If they call the police for shoplifting, no one's coming. So if we know that, who else knows that? So again, I want to retract what I said, that they are geographically kind of staked out uh, in their own little territories. That's absolutely not true, according to the GBI and according to other local law enforcement officials. Which makes it more important that the GBI has some cross-jurisdictional power. We're so uniquely positioned in the Bureau of the GBI to reach across those jurisdictional boundaries. And when we have a case that starts in a Baldwin County, that goes to a Coweta, that goes to a Cobb, that goes to a Clark, we have the ability at the Bureau to work those cases. Yeah, that's the originating jurisdiction that we're talking about. Hopefully we're going to be able to see that. Now listen, you know, I just told my producer that while we're excited about having the GBI become more, um, you know, with their arms able to reach a broader, you know, uh, scope uh, of this crisis, I feel that way because I trust the people who are in leadership at the GBI right now. The libertarian side of me says, holy crap, how much power is too much power? Um and, but in a day and age, because mainly because you don't know who's going to be in there next. It's all fun and games when somebody is actually, you know, of the rule of law who understands due process. But when you get a whole other administration or you get different appointments who are from the other side of the aisle, who are who are not quite as due process friendly, what's that going to look like? Right. I mean, it's just that balance of power thing, man, the scales. I will also say something that was brought up yesterday by Director Reynolds was um, that the term crisis is something that media in not only the state of Georgia, but nationally speaking, uh, will take uh, will take these agencies to task for using the term crisis as if it's conflated, if it's as, as if it's hyperbole and it's not. And it's actually something that the director took the opportunity to remind the state legislature was their own verbiage. This is crisis level. We have implemented and instituted one of the country's toughest gang statutes because there's a crisis. That's the legislature's verbiage. Very important to remember the genesis of narratives, right? Because what happens is, like a, a a senator asked yesterday, you know, well, she was basically trying to, you know, she's like, hey, I'm a grandmama. Uh, you know, what about, it's fine that we can, you know, put them away and all this, but what about, pro, you know, what about uh, programs? Well, nine out of 10 law enforcement officers you speak with are going to tell you we've got programs coming out our yin-yang and they're not working because the gangs are proliferating. Okay. You also had, this is pretty astounding, one of our sheriffs, a Forsyth County Sheriff, Freeman, says, I have ghost face members in my jail right now. You know why? Because I import my gang members from Atlanta. I'm always telling people that politics is no longer local. It is local and that you need to get out and stay involved in your local municipalities and your and your races of, you know, municipal and state level. But please know this. All you have to do is look at the presidential race, congressional races and realize that between the Soros um cabal what you see is, you know, ostensibly, I mean, these it, it is a, it's a, what is it? Like a jellyfish, an octopus. It's just tentacles that are far reaching. And whoever has the most money, who can control the most 
minds with fear tactics and hyperbole and hearsay and all the things you see coming out of Congress right now in the way of this sham impeachment trial is exactly what people are attempting to convince you and to dissuade you and persuade you to either stay home and it doesn't matter, your vote doesn't matter, or show up because, you know, the sky is falling. Narratives matter. And so with that, you know, I import my gang members from the city of Atlanta. My point is, even though you don't live in the city of Atlanta, your surrounding areas are completely affected by what happens in this city and who becomes elected. So if you're going to drop 100 bucks into a local race, why not drop 100 bucks into the city of Atlanta's race for mayor? Why not help someone get behind an actual candidate who understands what's at stake as opposed to someone who is more of a stand-down monarchy whenever it comes to crime? And, and the crime syndicate that we have before us, because it is a syndicate. It's a network. I had the distinct pleasure of sitting next to uh, U.S. Attorney Bobby Christine yesterday. I have to tell you, I am not a chick who's like, I'm part of the music industry, part of the Grammys. You know, I've seen it all. I've met a lot of really cool, very, very famous people. I'm not someone who, you know, gets my skirt blown up over famous people. But I love smart people. And I love smart people with a moral aptitude that's above 50,000 feet. And that's who I feel like I'm sitting next to when I'm in the presence of Bobby Christine. He is sound. He is on point. He is a no frills kind of guy, but he's also got a sense of humor because my phone went off in the middle of this hearing and I thought I wanted to die and fall into the earth and he laughed. <laughs> so, um, but a, just an astounding um, curator of justice. And uh, I was very humbled and privileged to be able to be a part with uh, Mike Carlson, who is general counsel for the GBI. Uh, John Melvin was not in attendance yesterday. Ray Ham was, gave us some pretty astounding stats um, with regard to your kids who end up in uh, the juvenile justice system. He said, our juvenile facilities are recruitment breeding grounds for our kids. Over 60% of the kids that come in are already gang affiliated. Another thing uh, Vic Reynolds said, director of the GBI, you can't arrest your way out of an epidemic. It takes schools, churches, and communities. That was his response to um, the senator, the lady who asked about what about programs. So there, there, was, um, there was a lot of, um, I felt like there was a lot of unity in that room yesterday where people were finally like, hey, we get it. How do we make the public aware? Well, that's why you have people like me and others who will actually uh, hold the light up to these things that are going on. And we have to trust that you, the listener, you, the voter, you, the taxpayer, can distinguish between what's actually racist and what's actually true and what's going to affect your individual life. Okay, president's team is back on under the under the heat lamp i would say if you want a good education on civics this is a great time to be tuning in to the president's defense team i think every high school middle school college across the country should have to watch these proceedings you'll learn a lot about our constitution a lot about politics as well. All right, you can catch me on Monica on Air Talk on Twitter, Monty Matthews on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher. Thanks for subscribing to my podcast and sharing and for my uh, newsletters at monicamatthews.com. Be good to your neighbor beginning with yourself. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.
Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.